You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you live in your true identity as the creator of your life. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have episode 137, Book Club, Radical Acceptance. Acceptance is a charged word these days, especially in a world where cancel culture reigns. We are more conditioned to reject than we are to accept. And unfortunately, this tendency is not just projected outward toward others, it also seeps inward to our own selves and our own lives. It's easy to want to immediately reject anything about ourselves or our circumstances that we don't like or that feels uncomfortable. Staying open and accepting can feel especially difficult, but the results are worth learning the skill for. I've come to learn through my own trials that rejection never brings me what I hope it will, but acceptance, which feels so counterintuitive, has been one of the greatest healing efforts I've ever made. The book that has helped me learn this is Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock. Let's talk about it. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my new app, Co-Create by Brooke Snow. It's available in the Apple and Google Play stores. The Co-Create app gives you access to over 100 guided meditations, new yoga classes, and inspirational audio courses to support you in living into your true identity as the creator of your life. To learn more, visit brooksnow.com forward slash app. Thank you again to everyone who has left a review for this podcast on iTunes. Reviews help the podcast to show up in iTunes when other people are searching for a new podcast. Today's review of the week comes from Deb Holt, Idaho 6. Deb says, I just listened to the episode, Your Connection to God is Constant and Unconditional. I have listened to all your podcasts, read your book, and taken your creation course, and this podcast was my absolute favorite. Brought tears to my eyes and chills as I heard absolute truth in the fact that the Spirit does not leave us alone and that God's love is unconditional. The analogy of the marble in the jar in a different way to interpret it was phenomenal. Thank you for sharing this very touching and personal episode. Thank you, Deb, for the review. That is one of my favorite episodes as well. And I'm going to link to Your Connection to God is Unconditional in the show notes of this episode for anyone who hasn't heard that one yet. What I teach in that episode is something that has been so important for me to learn, and it's become a huge focus of reteaching my kids a new belief about God that I hope serves them well, especially in low and hard times. Thank you so much for the review and reminding us of God's unconditional love. Keep being an amazing creator. I'm cheering you on. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Thank you to everyone who has left a review or you've taken the time to share this podcast with someone else. Please keep it up so we can continue to spread the word. Okay. If you have listened to most of my podcasts from the past two years, <laughs> you know that I've been going through some difficult life challenges. One challenge in particular, I did not want to be going through. And in large part, it felt totally out of my control. It involves other people's agency, 
And as much as I have tried to fix the situation by fixing myself, the progress has seemed really slow. Last summer, when things were at a peak of desperation, (laughs) I realized how much of my suffering had to do with my own resistance. I was constantly wanting things to go back to how they were before, and I was judging myself and other people in the process. I wanted my circumstances to change. I wanted other people to change. And the Spirit clearly told me one day, Brooke, you will suffer less if you accept the situation as it is. That thought felt both dramatically true and also dramatically impossible at the same time. What? You want me to just accept the situation? But won't that mean I have given up hope for change? Won't that lead me to become apathetic? Those fears revealed how much I believed that my resistance was helping me. But was it really helping? Had it done anything for me at all? No. And as it has been said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. The resistance was not helping. It was hurting. This idea that I needed to learn to accept the situation felt preposterous and impossible, but I knew it was exactly what I needed to do. The problem was I didn't know how to do that. (laughs) How? How do I accept that which feels so hard to accept? How do I accept that which I don't want to accept at all? I suddenly recalled a book that I had added to my Audible account a year earlier on a buy one, get one free sale. It was called Radical Acceptance, written by Tara Brock. It was one of those impulse buys that I knew nothing about the book beforehand, but the title sounded like something I might need one day. Well, that day had come. And I must say, this book has been life-changing for me. So much so that I have both the Audible and the hard copy. That's when you know I am serious about a book. (laughs) I quickly learned this book was written from a Buddhist perspective. And let me just say, as a Christian, I will say the teachings in this book have expanded my understanding of what it is to be Christ-like without directly talking about Christ. All the things I learned in this book can be supported by biblical scripture. It's just taught with different vocabulary. And I have come to see that sometimes, especially when we find ourselves in a hard place, we might need to hear true principles from a different perspective to wake us up because we're so used to the common language of our culture. That is exactly what happened for me. And I have been so grateful for the new way of seeing 
and also for the opportunity to take the precious truths found in Buddhism and add it into my circle of truth. The book Radical Acceptance is for you if you have something in your life you are resisting that is causing you to suffer. This book is for you if you have any harsh judgments against yourself or other people. This book is for you if you want to be able to better forgive yourself or others. This book is for you if you want to learn how to love better through life's challenges. If I were to sum up the philosophy of Buddhist teachings, especially in this particular book, if I was to sum all of that up into two words, it would be awareness and acceptance. In episode 121, I share a tiny tip for naming your emotions. And this was a practice that I learned in this book, Radical Acceptance. The practice of naming my emotions really made a lasting impact on me when Tara Brock shared a story in the book of a student of hers named Jacob. And if it's okay with you, I would love to just take a minute and read this straight from the book because of how powerful this story is. She says, Jacob, almost 70, was in the mid-stages of Alzheimer's disease, a clinical psychologist by profession and a meditator for more than 20 years. He was well aware that his faculties were deteriorating. On occasion, his mind would go totally blank. He would have no access to words for several minutes and become completely disoriented. He often forgot what he was doing and usually needed assistance with basic tasks, cutting his food, putting on clothes, bathing, getting from place to place. With his wife's help, Jacob attended a 10-day meditation retreat I was leading. A couple of days into the course, Jacob had his first interview with me. These meetings, which students have regularly with a teacher, are an important time to check in and receive personal guidance in the practice. During our time together, Jacob and I talked about how things were going, both at the retreat and at home. His attitude toward his disease was interested, sad, grateful, even good-humored. Intrigued by his resilience, I asked him what allowed him to be so accepting. He responded, just doesn't feel like anything is wrong. I feel grief and some fear about it all going, but it feels like real life. Then he told me about an experience he'd had in an earlier stage of the disease. Jacob had occasionally given talks about Buddhism to local groups and had accepted an invitation to address a gathering of over a hundred meditation students. He arrived at the event feeling alert and eager to share the teachings he loved. Taking his seat in front of the hall, Jacob looked out at the expectant faces before him, and suddenly he didn't know what he was supposed to say or do. He didn't know where he was or why he was there. All he knew was that his heart was pounding furiously and his mind was spinning in confusion. Putting his palms together at his heart, Jacob started naming out loud what was happening. Afraid, embarrassed, confused, feeling like I'm failing, powerless, shaking, sense of dying, sinking, lost. 
For several more minutes, he sat, head slightly bowed, continuing to name his experience. As his body began to relax and his mind grew calmer, he also noted that out loud. At last, Jacob lifted his head, looked slowly around at those gathered, and apologized. Many of the students were in tears. As one put it, no one has ever taught us like this. Your presence has been the deepest teaching. Rather than pushing away his experience and deepening his agitation, Jacob had the courage and training simply to name what he was aware of, and most significantly to bow to his experience. In some fundamental way, he didn't create an adversary out of feelings of fear and confusion. He didn't make anything wrong. This book is absolutely filled with amazing stories from her and her students and so many great opportunities to learn this practice of acceptance from so many different examples. In my own trial that I'm going through right now, it's been so helpful for me to learn also how to name the emotions that I feel. The emotions hold clues for uncovering what my thoughts and beliefs are that are causing me to suffer. It's helped me to communicate to therapists and other people involved, and even helped me to communicate with God as I pray and meditate, so I don't come from a place of blaming but I can be in a place of seeing clearly and being a creator. It's helped me to understand what I am feeling so I can then take the charge out of those intense, uncomfortable emotions through the practice of acceptance. This practice of acceptance honestly felt so foreign to me. We have a lot of judgment in our culture. We judge our thoughts. We judge our emotions. We judge ourselves for having emotions. But the truth is, thoughts and emotions are not good or bad. They just are. But the second we judge them, we make it worse and we weaken our identity. Have you ever had a conversation with another person and responded to their story by saying something like, well, you're a better person than me because I would fill fill in the blank in that situation. I have said something to that effect countless times in my life, and it is a big, fat, horrible judgment that connects feeling and emotion to my worth as a person. If I feel anger, it makes me a bad person. If I feel jealous, it makes me a bad person. If I feel sad, frustrated, irritated, upset, mad, ignored, it makes me a bad person. No, it doesn't make you a bad person. (laughs) It makes you human. Every person in the world feels the spectrum of emotion, the highs and the lows. And our flawed logic that connects our worth to an emotion that we feel falls short the moment we remember Jesus Christ feeling all of our own pain and suffering. He felt it all, and it didn't make him unworthy to feel any of it. It made him all the more human and compassionate to our mortal experience. This practice of acceptance 
could be summed up in the Christian principles of grace, forgiveness, and love. It is interesting how the word acceptance, it can be such a trigger word to the judgmental part of ourself. Acceptance? Why, no, I can't accept this thought, behavior, emotion, experience, person, trial, etc. I must condemn it. To accept it would mean I support it or agree or think nothing is wrong. To accept means that there isn't a punishment and there must be an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Someone has to pay the price. Someone must be accountable. To accept means giving in, being walked all over, taken advantage of, not speaking up. The irony is that resistance is what causes these fears. Acceptance, as taught in Buddhism, is simply the opposite of resistance. Instead of closing the heart, and, and instead of closing the mind, it's staying open. Instead of closing off to love, it is staying open to love. To borrow from our last book review, Original Grace by Adam Miller, these fears, all of these fears stem from the mindset of original sin, which asks the question, what is deserved When we are steeped in this law of Moses mindset, we can't possibly justify acceptance that we don't feel is deserved. But Christ teaches a higher way. His justice that is rooted in original grace asks the question, what is needed? Acceptance doesn't mean we have to turn a bad thing into a good thing. It simply means that we are going to stop fighting and resisting so we can navigate the situation from a peaceful place. This is what is needed. This is what we really want. We want to feel peace and have access to our mind and heart so that we can hear God's voice and we can use our agency to choose well. We don't have access to our mind and heart when we are in a state, a highly charged emotional state of resisting and fighting and condemning. In that state, we have closed off. Just as the Lord told me this past summer, you will suffer less if you accept the situation. The miracle acceptance brings to me is that it immediately decreases the emotional charge. Our emotions are they're sort of like water coming through a garden hose. We were designed to experience an entire spectrum of emotions which flow through our body. But the moment I close off and resist, it's like clamping the water hose. The pressure immediately intensifies and it keeps building in pressure. It gets more and more uncomfortable and painful. But if I can remove the clamp and open back up, the emotion now has the ability to flow through and the pressure equalizes. If I feel anger and then I judge myself for feeling anger and then I resist the anger and close off or 
distract myself from the anger, it is going to build in pressure. Perhaps it builds up to a level 10 in pressure. But if I accept the anger and receive it, if I tell myself it is okay for me to feel anger, it opens the flow and immediately it might take the emotional charge of anger from a 10 down to a 5. Going from a 10 to a 5 is a major difference in how something feels. And it's all due to my own resistance or acceptance. If I really stay with this practice of acceptance, then I can let that anger flow through me and fully feel it. And eventually that level five decreases even more until finally it's no longer there. It's run its course. All because I stayed open and accepted the experience. Think of all the brain space I gained just by having the charge decrease. If I am maxed out at an emotional level 10 in my resistance, I don't have as much access to my mind and heart. But if I can decrease the charge, even by degrees, each degree I decrease in, in intensity, gives me back more access to an open mind and heart so that I can choose a better response. My dear, amazing friend and personal coach, Christy, is constantly inviting me to name my emotions. And after I've named them all, she does this other thing that I love so much. I name the emotions and then she asks me to practice accepting them by completing the following sentence. It's okay that I feel... And then I name whatever emotions I have named. It is okay that I feel. I practice awareness by naming the thought or feeling. And then I practice acceptance by telling myself it's okay to feel. Or maybe it's okay to think. It's okay to feel anger. It is okay that I feel sad. It is okay. I feel disappointed. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Telling yourself that it's okay to think or feel something is an immediate act of acceptance that opens the mind and heart. This is my short and sweet version of acceptance. And I use this in the heat of the moment. It's okay that I feel mad. It's okay that I feel betrayed. It's okay that I feel overlooked. It's okay that I don't like this other person. (laughs) It's okay that I lost my temper. It is okay that I said the wrong thing. You'd think that this would intensify the problem, but it doesn't. It takes down the charge and keeps you open to love. It opens brain space to compassionately be able to move forward using your agency to make better choices. I have used this practice with my kids and wow, it has been amazing. I'll have one of my kids come to me upset about something. And my first response is, how does that make you feel? Can you name the emotions? And they will name the emotions. And then I respond saying to them, it's okay to feel. And then I name back the emotions that they said. It's okay. It's okay to feel this. In most cases, 
this is enough to deflate the situation and they feel seen and heard and they quickly move on. Sometimes the situation is deeper. Recently, my teenager had some strong emotions about the boundaries of our ward church congregation changing. The mystery before you know what those new official boundaries are going to be is anxiety-inducing to someone who is thinking all about whether they will have friends or enemies in their new circle. Needless to say, when the announcement finally came, it was not received as happy news. (laughs) And I sat down with him afterwards and I asked him to name what he was feeling. Anger, mad, anxiety, dread, frustration, not important, unheard, defeated. Afterwards, I reflected back each emotion saying, it's okay that you feel anger. It's okay that you feel mad. It's okay that you feel anxiety. It's okay that you feel dread and frustration and defeat. At first, he was kind of shocked. It is. (laughs) Of course it is. It is okay to feel all of those feelings. Unfortunately, this is a new practice for me in parenting, and I think I have too often skipped this step entirely, and I have in the past jumped right into the think positive mindset. Maybe I'll say, you'll totally make new friends. (laughs) Or worse, I've jumped into shaming. Don't feel anger. There's nothing you can do about this. Stop being mad about this. This is just the way things are, so you might as well get used to it. There is something so magical about not skipping this essential step. Name what you feel and accept it. It's okay that I feel. And then fill in the blank. Even though this particular situation was far more emotionally charged than one of our everyday dramas that we have at our house, it was amazing to watch the transformation. We didn't talk at all that night about having to make new friends or having a good attitude. All we did was name the emotions and let every feeling be okay. By the time you went to bed, the emotional charge was significantly lower. It's once you reach that point of equanimity again, that neutral place, that bringing in a positive mindset actually feels like it has power to work. Otherwise, it's just suppressing the reality of what you are really feeling underneath the surface. To be honest, this tool has become one of the most used tools in my toolbox. I use it every single day. I use it on myself. I use it in parenting. I use it in conversation with people to help hold space for their emotions and give them permission to feel. It's stunning to see how much of life I and others actively want to resist and reject This is teaching me a new way that feels so much better in my body, and it creates so much more peace in my relationships. I am so grateful to Tara Brock for writing this amazing book. 
The stories she shares in this book are phenomenal and it has certainly contributed to helping me heal. I love it when I read a book that I start out hoping it will help me with one situation and it ends up giving me tools to help my entire life. This book has done that for me. I highly, highly recommend Radical Acceptance. I want to end with just one more quote from the book. This quote is actually quoting someone else, but it has stayed with me ever since reading it. It's by Carl Rogers, and it says, The curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. That quote alone probably could have an entire podcast just on that one thought. But I want to leave that with you one more time as we close this episode. I invite you to think of what is it in your life that could use more acceptance. Consider using the tool of naming the emotions and then telling yourself it is okay to feel those emotions. See if that little setup statement helps to open the heart and the mind to greater acceptance. See if it helps to take the emotional charge down and lead you on this beautiful path of healing. Once more, that quote by Carl Rogers, he says, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. See it, say it, feel it, do it, become it. You are a creator. Now go co-create something great. If you love this podcast episode and you want to create more love and acceptance for yourself or others, I know you would love the 40 amazing days meditation course in the co-create app. In fact, just last week, we started a community challenge where we're all doing this course in real time together. And our focus for the challenge is based on the mantra, I love and accept you. If you want to be part of that group experience, it's not too late to join. All you have to do is be subscribed to the co-create app and it's only $11 and 11 cents a month. So if that sounds like it's something that you would love to be part of, we invite you to join us. Thank you so much for your support. To learn more about the app, you can visit the link in the show notes or go to brooksnow.com forward slash app.